thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. No, that's okay. Now, the main reason I wanted to talk to you was because obviously you studied engineering that's and right. then you moved into finance and I found that quite interesting. And I thought for a lot of people who maybe feel like they've made the wrong choice in terms of what they studied or maybe looking to change what they want to do but they don't know how to do it or like or maybe struggling to make that jump i think it's like quite interesting to know what you went through as a process kind of learn about that yeah so i did a grad scheme in finance so that's how i started in finance but before that i did engineering so my degree was in engineering so i did electrical and electronic engineering in loughborough so that i did so my plan was to do a bachelor's because i i really liked physics and maths and so kind of for me that was like the natural progression so i was like okay what are the options for someone who likes maths and physics and then and potential to get a job so that's the kind of so ideally i wanted to do astronomy i don't know how i went from astronomy to engineering because i just thought like maybe that gives you more opportunity to do a job but i always thought like stem subjects are really good to do you know get you into a job and it gives you more options so i knew i was like wanting to do something to do with the subjects i was passionate about and I, that's how i started doing engineering but then when i was in lafra it was interesting because a lot of people were in my course were like looking to do finance as an option so that kind of like was like okay why are we doing engineering and then doing like finance so in like and the reason for that is like people would come to your uni to kind of campaign okay like there are job opportunities and these are the job opportunities so for me i was like my parents don't work in engineering or in banking or like anywhere that i like anywhere that uses my degree so i was i accepted myself like i'm ignorant of the job market in a country where i'm not familiar with like my ancestors or like my parents didn't grow up here so i was like okay i don't know someone i know don't know what to do what the options are for me for me the guidance aspect was very lacking and i really didn't know what to do and what to make myself as and i really wanted to be successful at end of the day so so i accept like the acceptance of my ignorance kind of and the you know the need to better myself yeah i went on to like all these career talks and all these like so to start with it's all like the engineering talk so in lafra like jlr would come like jagor land rover or like bentley like all these engineering companies would come and give a presentation on like okay this is what we do and these are the career opportunities you have like i went for all of them to understand the industry so at that time that was the only option and i ended up working for atkins okay. on a summer internship so that was the option so you get you do a summer internship and then you do another summer internship at end of year year 2 then year 3 you do summer internship maybe and then you get like a grad offer i was set on that path and and also to talk about that as well everyone was doing internships and i didn't get any inter- summer internship my after year 2 and this is one of my friends that like write to all the engineering companies you know i was back okay. in exeter so i had a internship offered to me like got a placement year offered to me i can't even remember the name of the company now but it was like a small mechanical 
company in like Sondon or something. Okay. Like a random company. They said, yeah, I can come and work for free because that's why I was writing them to like say, can I do like, you know, 10 weeks or like two months summer job? You can pay me like peanuts, but you know, I'll be like shadowing you. I need some experience so I can apply. So I think that's like the uni kind of promoted you do that. So I ended up doing that. Do you think they saw that drive and passion? Obviously, you're sending out all of these letters to different companies. Yeah. So they showed sense of like awareness. Yeah. That you're self-motivated. Definitely. So that was the aim. And then like I had people who tell me like we don't have space here. Like that kind of thing as well. But then someone said yes. And when it came to it, they were like, oh, our project gone taken away. So you can't do a summer internship. That was like literally two weeks to start. Okay. So I'm here like no summer internship. And my parents, that's the other thing with the Indian parents, I feel like they wanted me to be in Exeter. I'm like, how am I supposed to find a job in Exeter? Yeah, I see summer? that a lot. And they're like, we let you go to Loughborough for uni. Now you can't spend the summer there as well, kind of like some, somewhere else as well. But I feel like my parents are quite open, like minded, like a lot of the time. But sometimes like things like this, they kind of get a bit, yeah. Auntie about it. Yes. <laughs> a little bit. So yeah, I was trying to be like in Exeter where my parents live. So that kind of was a restriction. So that was part of my journey where like I was actually in my second year. After second year, I was sending out these emails and then some like waiting for someone to call me. And then Atkins and Exeter call me. Okay. And then they were like, and I, and I was like, I'll work for free. I just need some experience. And then the guy took me on and he was like, you don't have to work for free. We'll give you like 10 weeks here kind of thing. And then he really liked how I was working. So he was like, you should go work in our head office which was an epsom okay so after year three i ended up doing another summer internship which is like a four-month summer internship because after year three like you have a bigger summer holidays and stuff or not even four months three months something it's more than like 10 weeks kind of thing so that's how i was like i was set to the part of being an engineer and he was like oh you're doing a bachelor's but if you do like a master's you can get into the CNG program pretty fast. And he was like, we have students who have done CNG in like three years of graduation because they had an MNG. That's the path we want you to be in. Like obviously to get CNG, you also need the work experience and the level of experience, right? Yeah. So, so getting it in three years, is that really... Do you it's have, a stretch. Yeah, okay. It's like, it's not, it's not unheard of, but it's not common. So that was what he was telling me as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so basically they put you in a path if you are like, if they think you're really good. Okay. And then they say, okay, for to get a CNG, you need to have, I mean, obviously I haven't gone through the process thinking back, but like at that time the plan was, okay, I'll work on like really good projects, which give will give me skills that the CNG requires, right? So CNG will have like so, lots of skills. It's like managerial post, you have to manage a project, you have to manage people, you have to manage things like that kind of, tick boxes there is a lot of tick boxes so if you are on the path to do that and if you have really good support from your manager they will set you on that path and give you projects to support to get that skill set so that is how and then if you have masters that is also added on as an experience year okay i think yeah so it's not like 
I think your degree years are also your ex- they count towards your experience rather than being a student. I've personally found that having a degree in engineering isn't it's not all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely miss out on the practical side of it like a lot. Like I found out I found that out the hard way yeah. because like I went into work and I've had absolutely no experience whatsoever and then obviously like doing work you're like okay this is how it works this is what a relay is this is what a contactor is and then you're learning all of this and then you realize you know nothing and because i genuinely think that 90% of what i've done like in terms of my degrees almost been like useless yeah so i think for engineers like for hardware based anyway i feel like in an apprenticeship or like it's the right well it's well, obviously it's not I'm not saying it's the right path but I feel like it's much more advantageous mm. going in that direction yeah I think so if you would have done an apprenticeship this is what I think you obviously would choose to do that when you're 17 or 18 mm. and then your career path would just like not just like your career path would be a good one but it would be limited to that particular you know apprenticeship and then you all become a manager or like in that company or that in- industry so you are very limiting yourself very much to that industry okay no i sorry i meant doing apprenticeship and then going off to uni all right because that's what a lot of people in my uh, my current workplace have done yeah. so they did an apprenticeship and then they did their undergrad degree okay yeah it's like for a whole year or no like they did like 3 years 3 years three, 3 i think 3 or 5 year part time okay so they're still like doing the doing work and the degree part time okay yeah that that's a good option i think that's a good option like some yeah in finance as well like people do that but yeah you need like apprenticeships you need first of all you need to have that education that you can do that which no one really knows about secondly it's not the most common thing to do So sometimes when you are doing apprenticeship or paid jobs like you you're like independent and then you're on a very low salary as well and to go on to like being a student then become like how do you say like you have no salary you are like on debt it's a, sometimes it's a harder yeah option for people so they end up like okay I'm going to just work so they end up not doing a degree in the end okay so that's the kind of rabbit hole you can get into but if you're motivated like you'll go through it Yeah. yeah. Are you do, you do you think that you're quite a motivated person then? I don't know. I think like <laughs> I'm motivated by money a little bit. So and like that money gives me like freedom. So I'm not really I don't want too much money, but I I want to do things that when I want to do. So you see it as a tool to buy your freedom. Yeah, definitely. Like I want I've never been say for example when I was 17 I used to work in Sainsbury's and I was happy because I had like for my driving lessons I paid for my driving lessons. I didn't have to ask my dad if I want a dress I could pay for it just yeah now I can pay for my own things which gives me like a big satisfaction and I really don't want to be dependent on someone else so yeah that kind of thing doesn't happen like when you are in like uni it's it's a bit hard so to- was that a deciding factor for you to move into finance then Yeah, going back to the question of like finance. Yeah, I think that is the path that I took like. So I was set to do engineering and then like my friends were doing like going into finance and they were doing internships and I was like, okay. And 
some things I noticed when I was doing my internships in engineering was kind of it is male dominated industry, whatever you say, which is fine. But I feel like I felt genuinely women were kind of looked down upon or okay. a little bit and to get things done, it's a bit harder for a woman or like you probably have to know exactly how to navigate as a junior. I felt it was really hard. I don't know if it was me personally or because I was a woman or I was an ethnic minority. There were like literally no, like hardly not many people who was woman and like, you know, ethnic minority in that firm I was working in, which is all okay. Like I've had that like, you know, you like growing up in the UK, like you have all that. But then I think it was a bit more harder in an engineering field and everything was super slow. So I had a ton of energy and I just like my energy could not be just released in an engineering firm, let's say. Okay. It was like slow paced for me. And I've heard like my friends say, you know, banking is a bit more fast paced, a bit more like, you know, exciting-ish like that. And it's better paid. Yeah. And when I was in engineering as well, so the, I was like, oh, yeah, but we did engineering. Like, we should be working in engineering. And I was trying to find reason myself and my friends that engineering is a better option for me. But then I I decided, okay, I, I'll have to see for myself because I don't mm. know the finance industry. And I started applying for internships in finance, just 10 weeks. Okay. So try that out if I get in, see. It's a very competitive industry, but like luckily I got in a 10-week placement in a project management role. So that's kind of the, this is the thing with an engineering degree. There's like a lot more doors open for you. So people or like companies are happy to give you an interview, obviously, it, because they think an engineering degree will give you the skill set to fight better or you know, have some more technical skills in the workplace. Yeah. And you would think like, oh, how would an engineering degree in finance world help? Because for me, I did like a project management module in uni. Okay. Or like a systems engineering, which was like pretty much a project yeah. role, kind of like module kind of thing. That I was like adding experience on like, okay, this is what I did. We had group project, which this is how I managed the group project. And we had like, you know, our own project, which this is how I managed. That's all like project management skills that going into. Yeah. And group project, you actually make something. So I was, was like a dancing robot or something in year two. So that kind of thing. So they used those skills. And then MATLAB was something that was like I could have used in my role, but I chose not to because I didn't really like coding, but I could code. I can code if I want to. Okay. So they kind of, take you on like the industries like the financial industry was more happy for you to to give you an interview and happy to take you on because they think you have the skill set okay. or you learn the skill set to be honest like you learn a lot more in engineering than some other degrees do you agree with that yeah i do i think stem subjects yeah do, practicals like as in exo i don't know yeah i do give you skill sets that definitely open more doors because I was told one of my friends when I was telling him that I'm not really feeling my job anymore and because I was just going through the motions and I was telling him about this and he was telling me to move, try and move into asset management mm. which is in the financial industry and I was like I was considering it 
but I decided obviously to, to stick with engineering because I, I do like my job. And yeah, but I do find that I do think engineering as a degree does open up more doors because you do learn more transferable skills. That's right. Yeah. Just in terms of basic things like, like you're saying, practical skills, you learn how to use multiple softwares. So that's transfer. You pick things up more quick. Faster, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So as an, in an engineering degree, you work with people like a lot, like Mm. there's a group, lots of group projects and there's like, yeah, we've gone through like so many group projects and like different modules, individual projects. And then, yeah, so many, like loads of codings. So like softwares and like, you know, hardware codings and all this kind of thing as well. I I never enjoyed the coding though. I didn't either. Like it just wasn't my thing. I I prefer, I like the hardware side of it way more, but the software side, it just, I didn't really enjoy it one bit. Yeah. So I was similar. Like I, I liked doing something practical. Yeah. And also when I moved, when I did my internship, in finance so that's how I started like during through an internship so if you want to move in like as a graduate even if you're doing engineering like there's so many doors like so many like options for you to like start so you to like try out so they do inside days and inside weeks okay so they are like one day inside days the companies would invite you in you have to still apply but it's an application form just like upload your cv and your cv could just be like student in this uni and doing this yeah and i have a motivation or passion to go into this industry like very few sentences it doesn't have to be a big cover letter or anything it's just a form kind of thing and you can say you want to do the inside days yeah and they tell you like what they do as a company and this is our culture and this is what we do this is the people like the teams we have and that kind of things and each industry in the financial sector is different. So there's like asset management, investment banking, there's like, and also within that, there is so many teams or, you know, jobs you can go into. So for example, be like a project manager or like technology is like a big deal for engineers. And so most of my friends went into technology teams. So they are either a, a business analyst. So there is like developers and then there is this business analyst who would tell. Yeah. So is there a lot of crossover now between like financial tech and, well, finance now? Yeah, I think so. Because most of the banks are now, you know, technically like a fintech-ish. Yeah. So like, for example, JP Morgan's technology budget, just the technology budget was like 12 billion. So it's, a lot more than technology companies in itself. Yeah. So that just. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, isn't it? So what do they spend that money on? They will spend that money on like building systems such as like, for example, if they build like a a risk system or something, and then they, they want to be competitive in the market. So every second matters for them. So like to gather data, to analyze data. So they're trying to like automate all this kind of things. Okay. So now we live in like the world of information. So they want to like, you know, slice and dice the data, get, get only the information that matters and all this kind of thing. And they want to do it like quicker and faster. Those kind of technologies, they're developing like constantly. And even like when you push trade, like it has to happen like that millisecond. It depends yeah like it depends on the time so they're trying to make all their systems faster like merge all their systems use all their data in like one portal like constantly trying to evolve wow okay wow i did not know that yeah so it's like yeah they 
like most companies have a tech budget which is like really a lot more than so that's one way of moving into like from an engineering degree you move into like technology a financial sector like in the technology teams if not like you can also do like risk yeah. so if you have like a more analytical mind and like if you can see patterns and have a passion for like risk like few of Problem. the skills like combine yeah you can like say for example risk teams used like matlab a lot and engineers use matlab a lot okay so those kind of things you can just be like is that a lot of problem solving then in most jobs are like problem solving and that is another skill set that engineers bring in like we like as engineers you do problem solving in your degree yeah yeah and definitely and you bring that along to your work and work is like full of problem solving kind of thing okay so yeah it's like there are loads of teams that you can work in like there's teams called like operations where you are like literally sorting data or like bringing people together or like rep- doing reports and things like that so engineers can be useful and like automating things so your skill set of like okay you know seeing a prop like seeing something and thinking okay this can like you know how you are in uni like we had to program a code where it's like program a traffic lights program yeah. a lift like similar things that i've used when you're like looking at a spreadsheet and like a b z the same things happen over and over again a person don't have to be there it can be automated okay Do you know yeah yeah i mean so we've already gone through that situation in a degree so this is now like thinking of okay we've seen this before how can we automate this in excel or like some other you know automation program yeah so those are the skills that they they look for and then if you have that then you can move into finance and and when i did my internship it was in project management and i loved it like the business of it and the hustle of it and then there's so many people you're talking to it's not i didn't i felt like i spoke to so many people and they were all like really engaging and they had like you would think like they had brilliant minds and then you are growing you come home tired but happy <laughs> Okay. So I really liked connecting people and you know and the projects are like faster fast fast paced in Yeah. So is that what in, you enjoy? Like you like the high pressure? I pr- I like the pressure. I work well under pressure kind of like yeah. So I was like this is good. This it's it was like a hustle when it was like buzzing all the yeah. time. So I liked that. I mean too much of it actually it causes exhaustion but for like some time it's good and then you know you can pace it up and down if you can get in somewhere like you can pace it yeah it's really good did you find yourself going did you, did you find at any point that it was getting too much yeah i've like had times when i was thinking like i was working like really late and i was just like i'm not getting this and i'm just like not being able to complete this and i'm just like i'm going to quit i'm going to quit like today tomorrow <laughs> then you take a couple of days off and it's fine like like it's or like you, a day off or is that how you manage it yeah i manage it by like talking to my husband or like talking to a friend or something and then they'll be like they can see i i feel like if you talk it out they can see past your on frustration like they can probably help you analyze the problem because you when you're in the middle of it you don't really see the real problem or like where you are yeah why why this is happening and then if you talk it out with someone they can tell you oh why don't why don't you do this or why don't you ask your manager to cut down some of your job or like why don't you 
try and postpone the deadline for this project, but not this, like, because this is a priority now. Okay. So you should always have like a mentor as well. Do you have that a lot? A mentor? Mm. I had, I had a mentor like when I was starting out, but now I'm looking for one, like actually. How does, how do you decide? Well, I mean, obviously you don't choose, well, I guess you do kind of choose your mentor, but how do you kind of decide, oh, I want this person to be my mentor? Quite often, like, I like to naturally find people as my mentor. Yeah. So luckily for the financial industry where I've been, we had like these groups where it's like, how do you say, like ethnic minority groups or talent networks or, you know, woman network or things like that. Yeah. And I found my mentors through those forums and going for events for those forums. And then if you can connect with someone. Yeah. And then you can be like, ask. And then if you feel like, okay, I've stuck a chord with someone, that's when I'm like, oh, go to them with a problem or something like in a casual conversation. And if they were like open to like listening to me, and then yeah. I'm like, will you be my mentor? And then they, if they are successful and driven as well, that's another thing. Like you want someone who's, who you think have gone through like difficult times and come yeah. like out of it. And in a, like at least like couple of levels senior than you. So then they can, they've gone through lots of problems. If they've managed people, they can give you like that kind of advice as well. Okay. So yeah, if you find like, if you stuck a code with someone, that's how I picked my mentor. But my very first mentor I was given was a guy. And then I felt like he was just doing that because he was, he wanted to tick some boxes. For example, he was good. So he had a checklist and he was like giving me advices and stuff. But then one of the things like, so end of the year, you have to give in a performance review every year and you have to do a write up. So it's a bit like a personal statement. Like you have to do it every year. (laughs) Imagine doing that every year. So you have to do that. And then my mentor, like this guy who was only like a couple of years senior than me, gave me his thing. And then he had like this big paragraph on like how he mentored me. And I was like, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you did all the like uh, so he was just kind of saying he did stuff when he really hadn't done it no no, no. he he would have done it but he like he articulated it as like a, a bigger oh, thing okay. that it was which is which is okay to be honest that you are supposed to do that but then you you would like i wouldn't do it okay, but then yeah. he would do it and he'll get a promotion oh okay so, so there's that things as well Okay, so it's with like politics being played. Yeah. Okay. So there's like a way of like playing the game in the financial industry and you have to learn it. And then that is how friendships in the industry would help you. So Okay. Definitely when you're going joining through a grad scheme, you'll have like friends. You'll hopefully make friends. Yeah. Because it's again like a uni setting, but just that you have more money now. And like yeah. time free, you don't have time, like you don't have to study in the end, like in the evening. So that's the setting if you're in a grad scheme, you go through. So, yeah, so I really enjoyed my internship. And then I was comparing my summer internship with my summer internship in engineering. Okay. And I was like, no, this is where I want to be. So I had that uh, opportunity to choose, like do two internships and compare and see where I fit. <laughs> it's found silly, but like I could dress up in financial, 
like sector and like I was really happy about like getting up and like dressing up and I felt good and like you know yeah is that doing like two internships like did you think you'd do that like when you when you were doing it because like what I've kind of seen a lot of people kind of think that oh it's too late or they don't have time but obviously you do have time you're 20 you're only 23 or 24 like when you're when you just finished union come out right like did you ever kind of think that like oh no it's like too late in to that do sense an internship? no to move into the finance uh, financial sector no i was actually quite late in joining so i'm two years older than my cohort okay so i was actually quite late but then when i realized i want to move into financial industry and that was mainly because my friends were moving in and i wanted to again like i applied the same thing i did with engineering i tried to find as much information about the industry because i accepted that i don't have a clue so i did these inside weeks i did like these i applied for so many summer internships some people called me back some people didn't like i had more rejections than you know anyone could imagine like you would apply to like every company yeah and they say like if you get if you get interviewed in one place you probably end up getting interviewed in like a few places that kind of thing but yeah anyway you go i went to all these events career events that they put up in uni yeah try and understand the industry a bit more also, another thing that our uni had was um assessments and a practice okay that was awesome like you would go in they'll give you a mock assessment center uh. yeah so you have to be in touch with your career up like you know these kind of opportunities in uni as well so that give okay. you practice that thing gets booked in like seconds really yeah so like for a while i didn't even hear about it and then some some of the guys in my like year were like they had people you know they had their parents in the industry and stuff and they were really clocked on to this kind of thing okay so that through them we got to know these things there and then yeah we would sign up for these events as well as soon as and then yeah that gives you a lot of practice not a lot but then also like if you get an interview you get a pra- like practice assessment centers are hard so i did it seven years ago now so i don't know how it's changed since then okay but at that time i remember it's a four stage process it's like a whole day or like a few hours at least you just go through different tasks individually and like for some of the it ones they'll give you like a scenario you don't have you don't need to know coding yeah but they will give you a scenario and that they ask you like how would you solve for it so like how what like what would be your reaction like how, okay. how what do you think like you will do as a manager in this team so probably like an example is like you came in like some of the reporting softwares are broken like what do you do kind of thing or like the power is broken or things like that yeah like and then you're like how do you think through the process that is what they want to know your thought process so your degree doesn't really matter that much so it's more whether if, whether you've got a really analytical mind or not exactly so they want to know how you your thought processes is it fast enough is it like yeah is it like you, do you have a leadership kind of attitude okay how are you like a just a follower do you make quick decisions or do you like think through things like that's what they want to know so some of the positions you have to be a 
you know, a quick decision maker. And some you don't have to, you have to follow through and then you have to be slow and whatnot. So, yeah. That, that's quite cool. Like, do you find yourself that you're more happy in what you're doing now? Yeah, I think my job is like really varied now. I don't think I could have had that in engineering. Yeah. Like, that's just me like, though. In what way? So, for example, I currently do internal audit. Yeah. In an asset management firm, which is like, so every every three months we go into um, a, a different team. And okay. then like look at like their controls and risk and analyze them and understand like where their risk is, how they can be improved or if they already yeah. have controls in place, that kind of thing. But what we also do is like understand the business inside out of that particular business. Okay. So that I think is quite like exciting because every three months, like you are constantly trying to understand a different business and then you feel like you have a, as an industry, you have like good understanding and then. Sometimes you do like regulatory audits where it's yeah. like you are not looking at a team, but like looking at a regulation and how that regulation is applied to a team or for your company. So that kind of thing. So that kind of fits in with you wanting like a fast paced environment, right? Yeah. So that's very, yeah, That that's like you have to grab that information like pretty fast. And then it's like planning that audit because each team works differently a little bit so even though it's the process is similar you plan you test you report it's a bit different because your stakeholders keep changing yeah your team keeps changing yeah so it's a bit exciting and you get to go to london i i I love that like i always like when i was growing up here i was like i want to work in london so that works do you think you'd ever move out of london not not now so we have this thing like my husband really wants to live in like a remote area Okay. Yeah, and I always wanted to live like if I could live in the middle of the city, that's what I want. Right. So you you really love that fast like yeah I love, hustle. Yeah. Where does that come from? I really don't know because my mom and dad not like that. My sister like not like that. So I have a lot of friends who are like love to just sit in a room and yeah. spend their like you know evenings and weekends in a room and like read a book or something like that. Like my head would just blow out like if I do that. Like, Every time I come to London, I'm like, this is so sick. Yeah. And like, I'd be coming for a weekend, right? I'd come Friday. Like Friday is like really nice. Saturday's nice. But by Sunday, I'm like done. And I just like can't wait to get back. Get back like, to the greenery. Yeah. It's just so busy. Yeah. And it like, and I can't imagine like what it must be for like people, like, people living here. Yeah. Obviously, I guess you must really like it, right? Mm. And you adapt to it. You, I guess you either adapt to it or you just really enjoy that hustle. Yeah, I think for me, like if my mind goes numb or like if I'm not doing something, I just don't like that feeling. And I I consider that waste of time Yeah, pretty much. But even though I say that, but I'm changing or evolving over the years that as I grow older, now I have a son who's like three and a half years old. I would very much like to spend time with him. And I, now I don't do something like at least one day a week. Okay. So I don't go out or anything. So even when I was on maternity leave, which is like, you know, kind of some time off or like, you know, when I was not going, doing working and stuff, I would go out for a walk because sitting home, idle, I just like feel like, and watching TV is just like, my head is just, I feel like I'm not growing. And I feel, I always want to grow. That's the kind of mentality. Yeah. So is that, is that something that drives you? yeah motivates you yeah like it, personal growth 
definitely like i feel like i want to help people and also like grow myself while doing that yeah so just like right so how how have you found like being a mother how has that changed you as a person it calmed me down a lot for sure but like being a mother changes you a lot because for example i physically like you've changed because yeah. of that like you know your body changes and all that kind of thing that's like the physical act, act aspect of that but then mentally i feel like i've become more productive so some of the like you know the positive things are like i've realized the value of time a lot more yeah. because before i would think like i don't have time for this i don't have time for that but then when i had ethan i had to do that and then manage him yeah and every time you have you kind of feel it's more precious and you value that more and you're faster you waste less time so like anyone who's hearing me who doesn't have a kid like if you say like you don't have time you don't know you have time like literally yeah so i just met like someone who have three kids and they're like oh when you have one kid you have loads of time so that's another thing i learned like you can never say like you don't have time you manage your time everyone have that 24 hours right yeah so that's like going off track now but you like so that's i value time i became more focused so all i want to do is like finish my work and be with him kind of thing so you become more focused on the task yeah like i could be better i think but you know right. it's definitely improved and how else has it changed mm Like emotionally how has that changed you emotionally there's a lot of things that i can't do anymore really which i as in like you know how i said i want to i wanted to grow i want to always be in london and things okay. like that i can't do any of that like we don't have any childcare as per to like drop him somewhere he goes to nursery for like three days a week now uh, but that three days i we work me and yeah. my husband like we both work so yeah we are working when he's in nursery when he comes back like you're looking after him and then all this kind of thing and it's really hard like last week we had um someone said like oh do you want to go we have free tickets for theater do you want to go i really wanted to go but no you can't go because <laughs> who's going to look after ethan so those kind of things are there so that kind of you mentally feel a bit like oh really like now this is my life kind of thing yeah but yeah that's like the emotional side of things like now he's like three and a half it's a bit stable like my emotional side but when he was like younger or when i just had him it's like really difficult time for yeah a, for example you just keep thinking like is he going to love you is like what are you doing like you have a baby as a new mother there's like loads of emotion that goes through yeah. i think it's also like hormonal i don't know but is that something that you worried about whether whether or not he might love you or not oh yeah i think i worry about that like every day <laughs> I, i think he gives you like for me he gives me feedback like very instant and constant feedback yeah so for example with us uh, me and my husband both work monday to friday but I feel like my job requires a lot more. I've got loads of meetings so I won't be able to like look after him during the daytime because it's yeah. constantly on meetings or things like that. But 
Matthew, my husband, have like that luxury of, you know, just keeping an eye out for him and stuff. And mm-hmm. if Ethan needs milk or like juice or something in between, like he'll ask his dad, like, because I'll be on a meeting, like he won't be able to ask me. Yeah. And yeah, they they becomes very like close bonded. And then he'll be like, mama, I don't like you. Like you go back and work. <laughs> like this is, this is every weekday. He's like, mama, wow. you go to work. You go sit down at your desk and yeah. work. He's like, I only want Dada. Like, he wants Dada to go to, like, get him to sleep. He wants Dada to bath him. I'm like, oh, this guy. Like, like two days you don't look at, look after him, then this is it. Uh, but, kids oh, are pretty ruthless, right? Yeah, and then he gives you, like, instant feedback. Like, he, he just says as it is. Like, he's like, oh, I don't like you. But then on the weekends, Matthew does a lot of things uh, with church and stuff on the weekends. So... Yeah, I look after him during that week. But then when Matthew comes back, he doesn't say that. And I'm like, does he actually not like me? But obviously he does. Obviously he does. But I don't know why he says that. I hope he does. <laughs> but yeah, but it's good. Like, you know, he, like growing up with him, you learn a lot about yourself as well. You need to have like a lot of patience. Is that something that you've obviously oh. grown up a lot with then? As in, like, you've become a much more patient person now. Yeah, I have become much more patient. Like, yeah, so I think that kind of is, like, another aspect of, like, I don't really like that hustle that much anymore. I mean, I do, but I'm, like, trying to balance it. Yeah. Now, and, yeah, I wish I could take him with me, and I do. Like, I do really try we go on trips and we go on like, you know, everywhere we take him, we're not trying to like slow down and like have a calm and quiet life. Or I take him, like when I was on maternity, I took him out for like a walk every single day. So I really want him to be like, I don't want to be, how do you say it? Like, I want him to be a part of my life Yeah. and treat him pretty much like an adult, but like also a kid, but I don't want him to be like, oh, you're a baby, so you can't be outside. You are a baby, you can't go to this. You, you're a baby, you can't do this. I don't want that. I want yeah. him to like, yeah, go on holiday. Be self, self and eat your food by yourself. Like, you know, yeah, you you can do that. And then I, I feel like he can. Yeah. Like you consider him, you know, as a person. He responds to that. Right. So obviously being a parent, now, do you think that you try and avoid, obviously, like everyone makes mistakes, right? So like the mistakes that your mm. parents made with you when you were growing up or you something you wish that they had done differently. Do you try and like look at that, look at it in that way? No, I think it's a bit weird because I should, but we grew up a lot in boarding schools and oh, okay. things like that. I don't know how much influence my parents had. On you growing up. On, a, on Yeah. And they were quite open-minded. And I, I did like their parenting. Yeah. Like a lot. As in like, yeah, a lot of the time I liked it. Yeah. My mom was always the one who was like, no, 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 all the time. But then she wasn't at home quite a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, she, so that's something I, I like. I, I try not to do with Ethan. Yeah. Say like no to everything, but like reason with him kind of thing. Not just say like, no, you can't do this, but like, you can't do this because X, Y, and Z. And does he respond more positively to that? He does, but 
he's also a bit stubborn. I don't know whether he gets that wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if he thinks, he's very reasonable. So that's the thing. He is reasonable. Even as a baby, he's like, if you say you can't do this because of this, he won't. But yeah. if he's like, I want to do that. And then nothing you say is like going to okay. stop him. Yeah, because if he thinks it's safe and you think it's not like he's not going to be like, no. Yeah. But one thing is like, he is very safe. Touch wood. Like, yeah. I find myself thinking that like a lot in terms mm-hmm. of like, oh, like when I have kids, what would I do differently to what I was, uh, to the way that I was uh, brought up? And I'm like, oh, probably be less strict and yeah like that kind of stuff obviously growing up like in an asian household parents are really strict yeah and i i I find myself like constantly thinking so i think that but i really don't know how we're going to turn like it how this is going to pan out yeah because i feel like you always have to improvise according to your child because every kid is different yeah parenting books yeah. And I wanted to parent my son according to those parenting books. Okay. So it was, it's a similar thing, but like a bit different, yeah. for example. And how much of that is practical, God knows. Like, do you know? Yeah, yeah. For example, we were like trying to, like, we taught him to eat by himself. But now he doesn't eat. And he doesn't respond to be feeding him. Like simple things. Okay. Like that. So we've, we've followed that book, but... So how does he eat now then? He have to feed himself. Okay, so he does feed himself. He he feeds himself. But most often than not, he's like, don't want to eat today. Okay. So just when he whenever he wants, whenever he feels like it. Yeah. So he's like, I don't want to eat. And then there's nothing you can do. But then you see other parents like, you know, putting things in them, other kids' mouth and stuff. I'm like, oh, I wish like maybe my mom was like, you have to feed him in his mouth. And I'm like, no, no, no. He have to like eat himself. Like, yeah, yeah that's what I learned in the book. <laughs> oh, that's all like, you know, the his midwives told us to do. So sometimes things work out and sometimes it doesn't. But right. yeah, so I'm like, I'm much more like open to how my parents raised me and then. I don't think I'm going to be like how I was raised. Yeah. We're going to send him to like these play groups and like he went to play groups as a, as a toddler and he goes to nursery now, he goes to swimming now. He like, we all let him go to like all these classes and stuff if he can. Yeah. So that's something different that like my parents did, but my parents send us to like, you know, morning school and like, you know, the best school around, like, will we be able to do that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably like living here, maybe not as much, I guess. Exactly. So those are things that like positives and I don't know. What's something that you, that's really unexpected about parenthood for you? Something that you went in, obviously the whole thing's a, I'm guessing, really crazy journey, but like something that you were completely unprepared for. Yeah, everything takes like an extra half an hour, one hour to get out of the house. Okay. Literally, that's something I was like, I'll plan the day, you know, like day before and I'll be this. By then I'll be like, no, I don't want to get ready today. Like, <laughs> just like that, 10 minutes is gone. I'm like, no, Ethan, we're getting out like right now. So, and you you, you don't know, they spit up or like they're like, okay, they're going to take longer to eat or I don't know what's going to come today. Yeah. 
And every time you get out of the house, it's like you pack the whole house. Literally, like you should see the of a car, like even he was like under year one, like literally when he, in the first year of like, you know, their life, like you pack the whole house. Just toys, you. things like that. And toys, like buggy. And then like, you know, sometimes rocking chair, if you're going for somewhere like more than two days and yeah, like their milk powders and their bottles and hot water flask. And I don't know, like their butt mat and their soap. Oh. And their towel, <laughs> I don't know, their sleeping things, like they have their own blankets and, you know, snuggly things and all this kind of thing. Nightlight and thermometers for like room temperature. You take all that with you <laughs> when you're traveling. I did not expect that one bit. Yeah, you do. You do take all these stuff. Like, so there's like sleeping, there's like eating, there's bathing, and then there's like, you know, then it's a pair of clothes for like, you know, one for the day, one for the night, and then an extra one for the day, an extra one for the night, just in case there's like a spit up for like, you know, yeah, something. <laughs> so that's like a whole suitcase for themselves. And nappies and I don't know what notes. Wow. It's something like, so I expected it, but then didn't think it was going to be like this much. Do you enjoy being a parent? I did when I didn't have to work. <laughs> I love playing with him and like time with him is like awesome. It's like pure joy and happiness. You just don't know you had this much love within you. Yeah. I like you, you, you will find a new kind of love coming within you. I, just, I don't know where it was like before kind of thing. Is that because you've obviously given birth to another human being, which is, I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously it's not something like biologically like men can do mm. do you think that has a factor to play in it i don't know i don't know i can't say right. because do i like other kids the same way probably not yeah i mean i would, I would imagine definitely not yeah so maybe because of that but also like in the first two months three months he's dependent on you yeah like oh, okay he like his world is you. And like when you have that realization as well, you feel like you've had a best friend. Do you know? Like yeah. that bond is, I think, something surreal. Like literally those times I really, really like enjoyed and like I felt like I literally have a friend. He's changed. Let's say <laughs> that. Like right now. But I still feel like sometimes he say like, mama, you're my best friend. Like, he says that and then you you are like literally like sometimes happy tears comes through my eyes and yeah i i'm not even sure if i'm as much loving as like other mothers but even then it's like he's like i found he's my best friend and he yeah and then definitely first few months he leave off you yeah so that's kind of a special bond you create as well and that only mothers can do and I'd have that bond. But even when he was younger, he loved Matthew. So I don't think, I think it's something that guys can have if they try. Okay. I, that's, Be that's actually really beautiful. Mm, because I was in Exeter for the first three months. Or first month I was in London, like my own house. Two months I was in Exeter and Matthew would come and see me on the weekends. And he was like Ethan was as delighted to see Matthew yeah. as like he was 
to see me kind of thing. And even since then, like Ethan loved Matthew because Matthew comes and he gives his 100% of the time to Ethan. Okay. Like literally there's no distractions. They have, you know, that they have time. their own time together. So when I was with Ethan, like I might be cooking, I might be cleaning, I might be doing this, I might be like, you know, folding clothes and washing clothes and doing this. Ethan would be there. And then for sure, like I'll have me and him time. But Ethan would also see me do other things. Yeah. When Matthew comes home, he's like straight on. They're like each other kind of thing. And then Matthew goes away. He's not like trying to multitask with Ethan. Yeah. I think that's, I don't know if it's true, but like, I feel like that's something that kind of stuck with Ethan. Okay. That Matthew gives him 100% of the time when he's around. Yeah. And then like, I think they have a really good bond as well. And I have had like colleagues who are like, oh, doesn't mother, like mothers do this. Mothers should take time off and like, you know. Look yeah. after the baby until they are like three or four or five, and then they should go back to work. Fathers can't do this. Fathers can't physically do this. Then, so fathers can't do anything. I don't think that's true. Yeah. I think, yeah, like dads are a lot more involved these days. And you, you the kids will give them back as much as you give them, whether it's a dad or a mom. That's so cool. Do you think that's becoming more and more common now? Yeah, definitely. Right. I think so because I, I know one of my friends became a dad and he took six months off to be with her daughter and the wife went back to work. So that kind of thing is a scheme that we have in banking. You can do shared parental leave. Okay. So that kind of helps as well. For example, you, you can take a year on maternity the, yeah. The parents can share that year. Oh, okay. And I think guys are more receptive for that as well for two reasons. Because obviously they get to spend time with their kids. And also they get some time to reflect on themselves and like what they want to do with their life. Yeah. So that's another thing I want to say. Like when I had my maternity, that's the first time I didn't do any work. Like first ever time. What was that like? Because you said that you're I like a, the hustle. Yeah, you like the hustle and the fast pace. Yeah. So obviously, sitting at home, everything slows down by like a million percent. Do you know what? It doesn't. Like having a baby in the first few days, like first few days, first few weeks, you are like not physically able to do much. Okay. Yeah. That's and I didn't think of that. Yeah. And then you, you're like, and then you have this baby who, like, Ethan woke up every two hours. So you're constantly sleep deprived. So you have a different kind of life where you're like, okay. But then I would still like, so that is in my quieter times when Ethan's sleeping and when I'm not sleeping. That's when I found out, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, so that's when I changed jobs and now I'm more like, what do you say, focused and all this kind of thing. I like read a few books and like I had time to reflect on myself a lot. So that was good. Like. The first ever time in my life I've calmed down and then it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you're a better mother or a better uh, wife? After Ethan? Yeah, no. af after Ethan. I'm a definitely a better wife than before. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously I obviously have to be a better mother. But 
I think I have a lot more respect for Matthew because of the way he is with Ethan. Yeah. So I think my respect grew and in in that terms. Okay. You know, my yeah, let's say like my love towards him was growing because of like how involved he is with Ethan. I, that's something I didn't know what to expect. Okay. That's uh, that's that's actually quite beautiful. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of like traditionally for at least for Indians, there's a lot of things like gender things that you expect. Yeah. And I feel like when you go, obviously you want it to be equally like 50-50. Yeah, definitely. And when a guy shows that, that's like for the girl, like the respect just grows. Okay. And in turn, like the love grows, I guess. And then, you know. Yeah. And I feel like we are growing together. Cause so, for example, th- those times, that's when I first started gymming. Yeah. Like, first went to the like, g- yeah, went to the gym for the first time. I've, I've managed to figure out what kind of things I like and all this kind of thing. And then I was, like, motivating Matthew to do the same. Yeah. So, I feel like we have more of, like, a reciprocative relationship now that we have Ethan and we have, like, aims for him and then grow as a family. Do you... Like, is that something that you do together then? Like, you motivate and push each other? Like, we've started doing that a lot after then. I feel like that. Do you think that's something that everyone should do in relationships? I think so. That's something that we didn't do to start with. We had an arranged marriage, so it wasn't something that we did to start with. But we had a relationship before where it was like, yeah, I'm not going to restrict you on anything. And he was the same to me. He's like... You do whatever you want to, and then he can do whatever he wants to, and we didn't restrict each other on, like, many things. But because it was, like, uh, arranged marriage and we didn't really know that much, we spent first couple of years just trying to know each other. Yeah. Like, doing a lot of things together, let's say, like, traveling or, like, trying to understand each other. So we didn't see our friends or family that much. Okay. Obviously, we saw the family a little bit more. So time with my friends and time with his friends was something that we had to cut down a lot. Yeah. And is a, that is a sacrifice that we had to make, but that was kind of necessary for us to have like a strong foundation yeah. in our relationship. Did, you, so, did that affect your friendships? It did. But I was so lucky that I had a group of friends from my grad role that were friends. I was very silent, like... Uh, on those days but then you know that's part of the thing like there's the saying where it's like you go alone you go you know far like you go alone you go fast and then you go together then you go far so that's the saying like that so it was like that in my formative years where I had to be like go alone a lot obviously Matthew as well but then but then they were there and they didn't dismiss me for example yeah. And now I felt like, okay, now I've settled down, for example. Yeah. They're, they're there. And like we could pick up. And that's the same with my uni friends as well. So they're not like judgmental that much. Even though they're a little bit judgmental, you <laughs> kind of try and be like, you know, this is what is the reality. So if I would have prioritized my friendship at that time, I'm sure like my marriage would have been like less stable or like less strong. 
yeah than what i have now if that makes sense yeah no that makes complete so sense. you just have to like prioritize and you're not saying you're going to not have any more any of your friends but then that's another thing like you have to have friends who will understand where you stand as well yeah like that's something i never thought about but that makes complete sense because obviously when you go into an arranged marriage you're like learning more and more about the person as you go so you do have to spend that like, time yeah put in that time to get to know them mhm i never thought of it no yeah so we yeah we had to like you know but again like if if it was someone's birthday i would go if i yeah. came, but i had to like say no to like a lot of things but then every time i can make something i go that was the thing. if matthew can come as well like then i'll take him as well yeah but he's an engineer he's like every time you guys talk about like finance and everything <laughs> he's a bit older than like my friends as well so he's like oh immature people <laughs> but that's changed now we all like grew up now i think we are matthew's level right going through an arranged marriage what was your experience like Mm. or well right let me rephrase that searching for a husband through an arranged marriage mm. what was that like searching was like a bit weird for me because i start like my parents started searching for you before i was ready yeah to have a husband yeah i, th- I think that's uh, <laughs> i think every everyone does that yeah so i was like look i'm still doing a degree like can you just The funniest thing is they will like ask people and they will tell people like oh you're looking for a someone for me and I wouldn't have no clue yeah. and then they would like match people up and then they like they would like reject and they would like accept and talk you're, to like random people's <laughs> parents and all this you're the last person to know right <laughs> I was the last person to know and then people like you go somewhere like so for example church or something and then people are like smiling at you and you have no idea what this for and <laughs> <laughs> it was like a funny face but I think I wasn't ready and then I wasn't going to be marrying someone I didn't completely like. Yeah. So there was a lot of like it's not going to work, not going to work kind of thing. But I think luckily Matthew's proposal came in a time when I was like mentally settled. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now maybe I can think about marriage. <laughs> and my main criteria was that someone open minded someone who i can talk to someone who is like you know obviously i grew up in like you know half, half my life has been in india and half my life at that point was in the uk so someone who can understand that i'm going to be like working hard and i like the hustle and i'm not going to be like yeah. cooking and cleaning and just doing that i i would like all that and i love my friends so like I will be spending time with my friends all this kind of thing someone who can understand all that. Yeah. And something that Matthew said I was like oh I have I have friends and like I want to still be friends with them and Matthew's like no one's losing any friends. And I that that I remember having that conversation and I was like I was impressed. And I could just talk to him and stuff. So those are the kind of things I I didn't have a tick box. Was that a moment that sticks out to you? Yeah, that's a kind of a moment that really like sticks out for me and he was so i i did speak to other guys and i just felt like everyone came with the the like, checklist a ch- yeah came with the checklist and expectation that the woman is the one who's going to be 
like sacrificing everything. Okay. I'm going to, I like all the guys I spoke to was like, I have a life. You're coming into that. You're going to be. Okay. You're going to change your world for me. Yeah. And like no one I spoke to was like thinking, maybe she have a life too. Yeah. What about her life? Like, I don't think like anyone thought that. And I went into this thing thinking naively, I'm going to be like a person. The person's come to my life. They're going to change. Like, I didn't think they're going to change, but like. Yeah. So I had that in my head. And then all of a sudden the guys are like completely opposite in my head. But Matthew is like, no, we're going to make adjustment. We're going to, that sticks out for me. Were you surprised by that? That a lot of guys were like that? I was surprised. Yeah. I don't know why like guys are like that. So this one guy was like, oh, you work in a grad scheme, which is very hard to find in an investment bank. Let's quit that job and like come. Yeah. Come to my place and stay at my place with my parents. I'm like, say what? <laughs> I was like, I was, and then he was very adamant that the girl should have a job as well. I'm like, why don't you find someone who doesn't have a job so that person can completely uproot their life for you or something. Yeah. But that's that's when I don't agree with how, yeah, some of the guys at that time worked. Okay. And something that really like, so for example, I was living in Bournemouth at that time. Matthew yeah. was working in Guildford. Yeah. And I was working in Bournemouth and Matthew was happy to like come into a midpoint and live and do the commute. Okay. And he was like, no one's losing out. We're going to make some sacrifices. We're going to make some adjustments. We're going to come to a common ground. So I really liked. Is that something that he's really good at? He's really Finding good. that middle ground. Yeah. So like neither person is like the one yeah. making the huge sacrifice. Yeah. So he have uh, a lot like something that is a must thing to do. Yeah. For example, church. He wanted to go to this particular church. Okay. Even though it was like one and a half hours from where we lived. Yeah. Like an hour and a bit. But I was like, okay. There was like two other churches we could go to in between. But no, he wanted. I was like, okay, that's something I had to. Yeah. I was happy to agree to. So he had some things and I had some things. And then, yeah. That's quite cool. Yeah. Like, were you but, surprised that he was so open to like being able to like open-minded and being uh, finding that middle ground no i i expected that okay <laughs> and i was surprised by the other guys not doing that because i guess like you know i think your dad and my dad are similar like that they kind of make sacrifices for our mothers as well yeah pretty much and for us so i yeah but then when i spoke to other guys they were not really like that okay how long did you guys talk to each other before you decided that i you wanted to proceed further with the marriage i so that's a yeah so before we decided to proceed with the marriage it was like i think it was a pretty arranged marriage in the sense that we spoke and we decided straight away pretty much okay that we are okay to marry yeah. each other. And then we spoke for eight months. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and then we, like, 
we saw for the first day and then we saw like on a second day and then we decided, okay, we can go ahead. Yeah. And then we spoke like every day for like eight months, I think, before we got married. Yeah. What was your first date like? It was nice. I think it was in Portsmouth because I was living in Bournemouth at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Don't think I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> yeah, it was like straight after. Yeah. Not that we decided to, like it was before we decided to get married, but like he was like, okay, I'll come and take you out for a date and stuff. And then he took me out for a date. It was nice. What's your advice for someone that's looking to, that is looking for an arranged marriage now? And that's what they've decided that they want to go ahead with. I don't know. Like, I think that bond is quite important. Like you talk to someone and then if you can keep a conversation and have that, you know, that person can make you laugh or not. Mm. Like, it depends on person to person, right? But certainly like if, if you're having an arranged marriage and like your parents are involved, like they'll look at like, okay, if the guy have like a degree and a job and all that kind of thing, yeah. but then for you have to look at like, if that person's compatible to me, if that person's going to be open-minded, if that person's going to be like taking my aspirations and my life into consideration as well, yeah. when he's making decisions, we're going to have fun, like that kind of thing. So if some people, if two people want to like go in the same direction, it's a lot more easier. So kind of getting to know that person a little bit more, asking them like, okay, do you really like, do you just like to sit and watch football like every single day or do you like to go out and travel? That kind of thing. So that compatibility. Yeah. If if someone's like with so much energy and the other person's like so much, this thing, that's fine as long as the other person's okay with it. Yeah. I know some couples are like, yeah, the so one of the person have like so much energy and the other person don't. It's okay if the other person's okay with the other person doing so much. Yeah. But it becomes a problem when like someone's trying to suppress someone and I don't like that. And I think some things like that you need to find out. Yeah. What's your attitude towards the scenario or the scenario? Yeah. No, I get that. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. And the scenario changes between like people to people. Yeah. So it's like, do you like going to parties and things? Like if you want to have like a wild life and you're marrying, you know, a person who sits and likes to read books or like sits and might watch like Netflix, you're constantly thinking, what am I doing with my life? I want to go party. Like, <laughs> right. like when you're younger. Yeah. <laughs> Has that changed? more for you now after having a kid then do you still manage to find time for yourself yeah so that's another thing with like help of Matthew yes yeah so we've recently went on a girl's trip like four days I was I was like thankfully be able to just leave Ethan with him and go away mm. for four days and he did that as well like couple of months ago, he went to India by himself. Okay. I was able to like manage him. Last year he was in India, two months. I was able to manage him. Where did he go? I went to Lisbon. Oh, okay. Yeah. With some girls, yeah. Did you, enjoy, did you have a good time? I didn't have a good time. <laughs> yeah, so that was good, like just to get away from like, you know, the reality. And then, yeah. Yeah. That, that's quite cool that you guys do that. Yeah. Do you think like more couples should do that. I think so. I think 
more couples should give each other the freedom to be in their own space as well yeah. as like time together and i think something i really want couples to do more is like grow together and like you know build a skill together for example they like we don't do this but i really wanted to do before ethan and now i'm like very serious like you have a routine of like every friday we go play snooker like and like every year or like every month you becomes better and like snooker or yeah. something you go to a pub you go to the same pub and then you play snooker and you become become better as a couple you're like so much better like you know you as a couple you've built a skill together it can be as silly as like you know playing snooker but it has to be consistent and that's yeah. your quality time together i i really like the idea for some reason right so do you guys do that then not not play snooker but find time for both of you like together so fast few years we we spent pretty much a lot of time together but that's the thing i was saying like but i was mainly like doing something different things looking back i don't feel like we've did this one thing that i can think of that we did yeah. we did so many things that we could do in our boundaries but yeah so that's why i like to my sister i'm like you know you go play badminton together or something so now we play badminton together with like a couple of other friends every friday kind of thing so that's a some a skill that we are like developing slowly and i guess you bond over, you do bond over that as well right yeah you you bond over it and also you can see how competitive the other person is and you know yeah. that kind of side you don't probably you can live with someone for like a lifetime and you never know Like for example my mom and dad like don't even I don't think my like they've done something together. Yeah. But they have to make quick decisions or like I, do you like that then like that obviously like learning something yeah new together. about the, about, yeah, about yeah, your yeah. partner that yeah. always kind of like surprise you. Yeah. I think like you can learn a lot more when you are playing a sports together or like doing something like it doesn't have to be sports but if you're into like building or something like you know decorating your house together or yeah some skill that you can grow together i guess no that's really beautiful yeah i think like one of like some i know someone who does marathons together they do like a 5k or something like every saturday yeah and they grow together and it's so beautiful to see something i want to recreate in my life but it's very hard with you then i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> so i was like okay I, i wish i did this something yeah. before i didn't know so i don't regret it but but do you do you think a lot about what kind of future he's going to have I think the best future he can have so we i take him for everything with me i possibly can yeah he goes for swimming i, I go try we t- try and take him to church he's very disruptive in church <laughs> which is really annoying but then i'm not going to be sitting at home so that's the con- that's the decision i had to make yeah am i going to be not taking him to church or am i going to be like you're going and then you know you have to learn to be here and not disruptive i don't know like just try and yeah give him the best life possible to be honest yeah do you like think about the cultural differences a lot obviously we're indians 
like and we got, uh, and he was born here as well wasn't he mm. so he's not had the luxury of being able to live half his life in india like you did yeah and experience our culture and all of that like do you think about that i do and i do i do and i don't because i feel like me myself is turning out more pretty much a coconut yeah <laughs> if that makes sense yeah yeah no pun intended right <laughs> <laughs> but then with him we've taught him malayalam he's three and a half and he like learned malayalam letters like the alphabets and stuff that's really sick it is sick isn't it like he's a touch wood he can learn fast yeah so we went to stay with matthew's parents for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and his his mom had taught him and then he like he knows all the letters so that's something that we are trying to encourage he doesn't watch any malayalam tv he watch mohanlal movies for some reason <laughs> somehow that excites him but other than that like nothing really? and, and malayalam news when matthew watches malayalam news he's like he finds the malayalam news so exciting this is so weird <laughs> i hate like how much loud it is and he thinks like he wants the red news which is like i think i don't know asian or republic i don't know <laughs> maybe it might be from you he like he might like the hustle he might but i don't i don't like the malayalam news because it like, gives me a headache because they're like shouting at each other and then he thinks like Dada, can we have the red news? <laughs> Which is the Malayalam news when he come wake up in the morning, he comes down and he wants to see the red news. Yeah. But other than that, he doesn't really Yeah, he doesn't watch the Malayalam cartoons. That's so funny though. <laughs> it is. He likes Malayalam movies and <laughs> aggressive news. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, but there you go. But yeah, so I wanted when he like was a baby, I wanted he, him to spend a lot of time with his grandparents. Mm-hmm. but now i realize it's not very practical yeah and i don't have the luxury of making him like a pure malayalam person for yeah. example i mean i can't i try and make maybe chapati like indian foods and stuff yeah he eats rice a lot because we eat rice other than that i can't make appam this and that and like or Yeah. Th- like I can't really give him the 100% experience of being I would like him to have both cultures. No, that's that's quite be a fun. Definitely the fact that he speaks Malayalam and knows the letters. He's, he's like he doesn't speak Malayalam by the way. He just a little bit. Oh, okay. Only he understands. He doesn't speak Malayalam. He doesn't like Okay, so but he knows the letters, right? He knows the letters. So he can say, you know, the Akshara Mala, the Malayalam yeah. letter book. He can do all the letters. That's, that. No, that's quite cool. But I don't know if he knows like what he is. He knows it's a Malayalam book and he knows it's the letters. He, yeah. No. And that's about it. So do you, do you talk to him in Malayalam or English? So recently I'm trying, but I feel like I speak, I, like English comes naturally to me now. Yeah. No, I think that's true for, I think it's true for definitely me. Yeah. Like when you speak, Obviously, we know English and Malayalam yeah. equally well. Maybe English is a bit better, mm. but your brain naturally goes to the word that's more easily accessible. Yeah. So if you're talking to your friend, especially, and mm. they know both languages, then you just pick out which of the words like yeah. the easiest, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you mix and like, I don't know. Yeah. So Sometimes I'm like I'm like Matthew let's start speaking to Ethan in Malayalam like let's do this. 
I think I'll be the first person mm. to like speak in English. But then we we try and have like time with his grandparents where they only speak Malayalam and stuff. He knows the Malayalam words and like things yeah. like that. But yeah, right. it's does, very hard. Does he enjoy spending time with grandparents? He does. Yeah, right. he loves my mom. Like, like he loves very my bright. mom more than he loves me. I feel like sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> which is which I'm very jealous of. But yeah, you know, like grandparents tend to. Really dote spoil. on their kids, right? Yeah, yeah. this literally spoil. But Matthew's parents are good. Like they don't really spoil him that much. Yeah, <laughs> but like they love him a lot. But yeah. they're not like. And my mom was like, every time she'll, she'll have have a chocolate, she'll have like loads of clothes for him, like you know, like a toy, a book, like all this kind of thing. But then Matthew's mom's more like, yeah, like you know, she's more practical. I feel like <laughs> she's not like trying like. Yeah. Spoil him in the material way. Oh, that's really yeah. that's really beautiful. Yeah. Like, have you got any advice for people who are just parents or in the process of becoming parents? No, like I I, I want to say like I think it's say, said over and over again, but like enjoy the process. Yeah. Because they say like this only. It's only a phase. It goes fast. Like, but first year goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give you that because they go through like so many phases in like tiny, tiny amounts. Like, for example, they turn around. It's a thing. It's you know, you're constantly adjusting, and you are trying to find your feet as a mother, and they're trying to find their feet as their baby. Yeah. And once you kind of like master, okay, this is the thing. They they start doing something else. Like I'm like, oh. So completely like is very agile, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> the whole environment is like agile. But yeah, enjoy the process and like love them unconditionally. They'll give it back to you, kind of thing. No. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. No worries. Uh we've been talking for about an hour and a half now. No way. Like shall I went we fast? Yes, yeah. Should we wrap up? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was like an hour should be good, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.